it's Samara here, and I'm here with my friend Michael. Yeah, and, and welcome back to another episode of the Speak Real podcast. So today, Michael and I will be talking about a, a topic that's very important to us, and it is high-functioning depression and how it's affected our lives, our experiences, and especially now during COVID, how it has been affecting us. So we're just going to get into it right now with maybe a bit of an icebreaker. Oh, yeah. Okay. So... Uh... Hi everyone, like I said, my my name is Michael. I'm really excited to be uh, talking about our topic today, which is high-functioning depression. But before we get into that, Samara, let me ask you, what is your favorite season and why? Mm, that's a good question. I think uh, I would have to say summer. And it's because I grew up in a very hot country where we didn't have winter so all year round it was summer so back in Bangladesh so um I don't know I I guess I get cold easily so I just love summer but what about you that's true that's true I I I, I forgot about that but that makes sense yeah um for me it's also summer um I just ever since I was a kid I've loved everything about summer I've loved going to the beach and doing outdoor activities and going on hikes and exploring nature. And um, similar to you, even though I grew up here, I don't like the cold. Um, I, I like, I enjoy winter and all that until probably like Christmas, New Year's, and then that's it. <laughs> um, which is a bit unfortunate because it lasts for like three or four months longer than that. But yeah. Short yeah. end summer, for sure. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. There's just so much more to do. And even bringing out COVID again, like initially when it started, it was so cold outside. And so it's hard to find anything to do. But I think when summer came around, just being outside, taking like a short walk, it was just such a breath of fresh air. Yeah, literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. So we'll do, we'll talk about that in in a bit. So uh, why don't we start and let's uh, start off with talking about high functioning depression and what it is. So um, I I can go ahead and start with this. So first of all, let's just talk about depression first. So now for all of you listening. Um, This can be a bit confusing sometimes because it presents differently in everyone. So I think the best way to go about this is I'll talk about what depression is like for me and then uh, Samira can uh, talk about what what it's like for her. Uh, So for me, depression has felt like um, a flat feeling. It's felt like a loss of motivation I feel like I don't have the drive to do many things and I just want to isolate myself. For me, I like to talk about um, depression in terms of a roller coaster. So for example, I give the uh, description, like imagine you're on a roller coaster and you're afraid of the drop 
and you're strapped into this ride, you can't get out, you can't stop it, and you're in a building and it's pitch black. You don't know when the drop was when when the drop is coming, but all of a sudden you drop and you're on the ride until it's done. That's what depression has been like in my life. Sometimes I'll feel okay and other times I just feel like my emotions and my mood just drop suddenly. I feel really bad, feel really sad and it's almost like I have no control over it. And it's definitely affected um, pretty much every area of my life. And now bringing in the high functioning piece. So I was diagnosed with high functioning depression, which means I have depression, but the high functioning part in front of it means that on the outside, if you're looking at me, I'm doing all the things that you would expect someone to be doing without dealing with mental health challenges such as depression. So for example, I would do my homework, I would exercise, eat right, my sleep was okay. And what this meant for people um, looking at me is that I would say, you know, if I were to tell someone what I was going through, that I had depression, it was like the biggest surprise. I would often get, oh, you? Like, you seem so happy. Like, I, I would never have known. So that's what high-functioning depression kind of means. So I guess uh, let me turn it over to you, Samara. Um, is that similar for you, different? And if so, how? And what's that been like for you? Mm, I think for me, it was definitely a lot of what you said resonated. And I could hear myself even saying that, yeah, that's exactly what it was. Um, and then there are other parts where it felt a bit more, um, I guess some of the symptoms of depression were different for me. Mm -hmm. For example, if I think of my experiences, I can think of two words, which was brain fog. So that was something that was so prevalent in my life where I, I always describe it as one day you wake up and you walk outside and you see just the entire place covered in a thicket of fog and you just can't see things properly so everything in my life became kind of this dreary gray and it just felt like the color was gone mm -hmm. a lot of what you had said it felt very monotone every day just felt very I was very bored but mm -hmm. like in it's in the simplest word I think I had never felt this feeling of just thinking that every day was just the same and I was just waking up for nothing and it just felt like this hopelessness yeah. and that to me tied in with also high functioning depression where I was going to work uh, I was actually doing a great um, I was working really well at my new job I was mm -hmm. able to kind of I got I remember that every day I would go to work and people would tell me oh you're smiling all the time and it's like, you're so happy. And it's like inside what I felt was so different than what I showed on the outside. Mm -hmm. So it, it, to a point, it actually, for me, um, it, it started getting more and more difficult where I couldn't um, show that I was smiling all the time. 
it started getting worse at work where I would go into work and my eyes would be all puffy from like no sleep. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I, I remember like some of my colleagues started to notice and they're like, are you okay? Um, did you get enough sleep? So it, it really was a lot of high functioning depression and then that turning into something more severe. Right. Yeah. And um, you actually brought up a lot of uh, good points there and, and a couple of them I can really relate to as well. Um, the first being that, uh, yeah, it just kind of felt like you, you know, woke up every day, kind of just went through the motions, weren't really like living, not, nothing was really fulfilling, just kind of like, you know, doing your routine, right? And um, so, yeah, I definitely understand that. And and the other part is eventually, right, you get tired of trying to do all this stuff and appear like you're okay, because on the inside, it's very different. So for me, I would always get tired, but not physically, like mentally tired, right? Because you spend so much mental energy um, trying to fight this and figure it out and smile on the outside even though on the inside it's the opposite right so yeah that's uh that's um that's kind of what what it felt like for 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 me at times too Mm -hmm. yeah and I also think that when you're going through it like even if it is high functioning depression like don't let the words fool you in the sense that it's Mm -hmm. such a struggle doing everything as well like you mentioned that you took you were going to school you were doing everything you were taking your tests like it was still like at least for myself like it was still a struggle to get myself out of bed go to work every morning or go to school and do work so of course of course of course um and that that reminds me of uh, as you were talking about that a quote I think I saw on, on Instagram and it, it goes something like um, just because you can't see the weight of someone's baggage and they hide it well, it doesn't mean it's not heavy. Mm-hmm. Right? Because yeah, uh, it's true, right? Just just because people seem okay and you don't see it, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that they are, right? I'm sure. I know. I'm sure you understand that, right? Um, Definitely. So yeah, that's, I think that that's a pretty good way to describe high functioning depression. Mm-hmm. And also, um, I remember there, talking about quotes. Uh, there was a quote that really, it was funny, but at the same time, so true, which is uh, there was a meme I saw where it's two doors and one door says depression for a good reason. And another door says depression for no reason. <laughs> so oh. not a good reason. Uh-huh. So. So it's just, it shows that, you know, you don't need something, something that other people think are like good reasons, like maybe the loss of a loved one to experience depression. It can be so many things that are triggering it and impacting it that you don't even realize. 
right yeah for sure and to be honest that was that was the other thing for me um because you know nothing ever happened in my life that was this big traumatic event that i could clearly say you know what i became depressed because of that um so that honestly used to drive me insane because i'm just inherently a problem solver and i was trying to solve this i'm doing quotation marks quote unquote problem um and i couldn't find a solution to it because it's just it's just not that simple right mm -hmm. um and i think it took me a long time to accept that but once i did it actually became easier to kind of uh, move on from it and and try and cope and get and get better right instead of trying to fight against it definitely and I was going to ask that, how did it affect you and your relationship while you were experiencing this? Yeah, that's that's a really great question. Um, so like I mentioned, uh, it affected pretty much every area of my life and my relationships being a big part of it. So just in terms of relationships and social in interaction, I would find myself withdrawing a lot, um, especially when it came to going out with friends. And often you hear that someone who is depressed, it's good to get out and talk to people. But to be honest, for me, that wasn't necessarily the case because for example, I would be out with friends at a birthday party and I would be looking at everyone having such a great time and I would be pretending to have a great time, but on the inside, I would be just dying and hurting because I knew I couldn't. And it was, it was a big weight to bear. So for me, sometimes I actually didn't feel better going out and interacting with people because then I would compare myself. I would look at people who were happy or who seemed happy, having a great time, laughing. And I would try, you know, but I wasn't. Deep down, I, I knew I wasn't. And that, and that made me um, really feel bad about myself, for sure. Because I wanted to, to do that too, but at the time, I just couldn't. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you did mention that because it's it's such a difficult experience where before you may have enjoyed these experiences and going to parties, seeing people and friends and socializing, but that moment, like it's such a real moment where you do go to the place and you're like, I used to have fun at these places, so it, it should be fun, but that comparison, that I could be happier. I would actually compare to my past self. That was something that I really needed to stop was comparing that, oh, but a year ago, I used to feel great. I used to love socializing and laughing and they would give me, my friends would give me so much energy. Mm -hmm. But it was that shift where, you know, in the middle of the night, I remember like, I would have that experience as well that when I'm in a crowd, it was, I had this idea of what the night would go like, but at the end of the night, I would be left feeling so alone inside. Right. And it was, it was definitely just tough because 
it wasn't enjoyable when I was going through it. Interesting. Yeah, I think I think that's a really good point because I think a lot of people do that maybe without realizing it is comparing to, you know, an experience in, in the past. So I'm curious, um, when you were doing this, was there was there judgment involved in that too? Like, were you putting yourself down because you weren't able to feel the way you have in the past or do the same things or... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's such a good question because um, through therapy and just through recovery, um, that was something I was doing a lot of. I realized that uh, judging myself, not accepting my feelings, um, comparing myself, like all these red flags that, you know, they tell you not to be doing, but you don't realize the subconscious things that you tell yourself in your mind it's so discreet but for yeah yeah I was just I was just gonna say they they end up being like these core limiting beliefs that you've that you think for so long that you don't even realize it and it's it's difficult to notice it but once you do it can be super helpful right yeah so what are some um what were some uh realizations that you came across after uh recovery or on your journey Hmm. that's a great question um well one of the first things i realized is that i don't have to pretend to be okay all the time because that that is a heavy weight to carry. It's it's a pretty heavy burden on on your shoulders. I know it was for me. And, you know, I do have that small group of people that I've really opened up to since then. They know what I've been going through and what I struggle with. And I feel comfortable being vulnerable with those people. And it really does help because I don't have to pretend. I don't have to spend so much energy trying to feel something when inside maybe I I really don't right um so that was one important one another one was that I don't need to try and solve this problem because at the end of the day it's not a problem right it's just it is what it is right and I've I've accepted that this is something that that I deal with but I also know it's not gonna last forever. So it's not helpful to fight against it, right? Let's let's look at it. But I also have to put in work and be patient in order to understand it because man, it, it took a long time to understand it for myself, right? Um, but once you do put in that time, oh my gosh, you learn so much more about yourself and um, I actually found a lot of strengths through uh, my challenges and my journey through high-functioning depression, like, for example, emotional intelligence and my ability to connect with people. So I don't know if it was like this for you, but for me, because I was on this, like I said, roller coaster of emotions, in order for me to move forward, I really had to spend time learning and understanding my emotions. 
And once I was able to do that, oh my gosh, now I find it so easy to understand other people's emotions, <laughs> right? <laughs> so like a lot of good things came out of it, but man, did I have to be patient <laughs> and work and work towards it, right? So I know that was, that, that was kind of a long answer, but <laughs> yeah, those, no, are, those are a few of the things that, that I kind of learned along the way. No, that was really insightful and really great to hear like all of those pieces of uh, things that helped you along the journey. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of it like patience. Oh my gosh, like that is definitely one of them. Patience is so important. And it's important to realize that even on the journey to recovery, you can have days where you don't feel well and your body remembers those feelings of being low. I think I wanna bring it to like the current times where at the beginning of this pandemic, I just remember like that low feeling of not wanting to leave the bed came back mm. where some days I just, I just didn't wanna leave. Right. And you have to tell yourself and remind yourself that you are on this path and you're recovering and each day it's getting better and better, but you will have those days where it may not be the best and that's okay not to go back all the way, have that all or nothing thinking that, you know, nothing works or like, you know, I'm, it's not working or nothing is ever going to happen, mm -hmm. but just remind yourself that it's okay and that to kind of also neutralize your thoughts because it's so easy mm -hmm. to become so extreme on the negative side um, right. at times. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. Now, now that we're talking about COVID, for me, like we were saying, some of that judgment started to creep in because um, there was a time when I was really struggling and I was judging myself for it saying things like oh like I've come so far how did I come back to feeling like this like I've done so much work like I mentioned and yet I still feel like this like oh man and I used to I used to judge myself a lot saying oh I should be feeling better like I should feel like going out and exercising I should I should I should and um, this took a lot of personal development and working with uh, uh, therapist, uh, mental health professional, and I realized, um, which was really insightful actually, that every time we say to ourselves, I should, that's a judgment right there, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I tell that to people and it kind of blows their mind a little bit because they, they've never really thought of it like that. Mm -hmm. But every single time you say, I should, or I should not, you you are judging yourself because if you're saying I should, it's, it means that you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing or you haven't done something that you're supposed to do. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know, right? I think, I think it depends, but nevertheless, you should be saying things like I want, right? I want to do this. Uh, I feel like doing this, not, oh, but I should be doing this. Right. So even just the language that I was saying to myself, um, the way I was speaking to myself, I really had to take a look at, especially during COVID, because it was a tough time. 
for me and um you know i'm sure for a lot of people who were dealing with mental health challenges in the past or maybe even just found new ones because of covid because of the isolation right is that something that that you can relate to yeah definitely um when you said i should that's something that i also recognize in my own dialogue mm -hmm. a lot of times in um, I realized that with that statement, we're also putting so much expectations on ourselves. Right. And yeah, and when we fail those expectations, we do not go easy on ourselves. Yes. yes. It's so tough. So it, it was a lot of that through COVID. Um, one thing I realized through this, just from the beginning, is the moment that I started talking to myself badly or in a negative way was the moment that I like treated the people around me my relationships in just negative ways I realized how much my self-talk impacted the people around and how I interacted with my family it was so I I just needed to reflect and I think through COVID it was a lot of isolation and time by yourself and in some ways I can see that it could help it, that self-reflection is something that can help so much on the journey and just things like journaling and realizing what are you saying to yourself and is it helping you right right yeah that's you you said a lot of really great stuff there so I want to take a step back just for a second and I want to uh, point something out for our listeners in case they they missed it because you talked a little bit about expectations and um, I think the whole thing about expectations and I should that goes really well with high functioning depression because uh, to all of you listening we mentioned towards the uh, beginning of our talk that you know people with high functioning depression tend to spend a lot of energy trying to look okay on the outside so here's where the shoulds come in. Okay, well now I should be doing this and I should get my work done and I should go exercise because I gotta, I gotta pretend like I'm okay, even on even if I'm even if on the inside I, I don't feel it. Right. So I think I think that's uh, pretty prevalent when uh, there's challenges around high functioning depression. And uh, you said uh, something else about affecting your family and you really had to slow down and reflect and I think that's super important too and you talked a little bit about coping tools which we'll get to in in a second but yeah one of the big things for me is really slowing down and being honest with myself because again I was spending time trying to look okay on the outside I really had to slow down and be like okay how am I really feeling right now and even though I didn't really like the answer sometimes and I didn't want to sit in that feeling because who wants to do that, right? Instead, it's like, oh, like, I don't want to feel like this. Like, let me just push it way down. Let's move on, right? I'm okay. Let me go do what I quote unquote should be doing now. But uh, even though it didn't feel great to kind of look into what I was feeling, I found it pretty incredible that once you do, even something as simple as, wow, you know what? I'm feeling hurt right now. It makes the feeling go away surprisingly pretty quick. Or maybe not go away, but it doesn't have 
that much of, of an effect on you. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I found. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. That, that reflection as well is so true. It's, and you don't think that it's not a reflexive thought that, you know, if you actually accept that emotion, that you will, it'll be quicker for you to kind of move through it. But, um, but it is instead of pushing it down, pushing, pushing, pushing until one day it pops out in like double what it was, um, kind of letting yourself, allowing yourself to move through whatever you're feeling just lets you just get through it faster and in a more meaningful way, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. And so with that being said, I think it would be useful for us to kind of talk about uh, what are some of the things that we do to feel better, um, help us along this journey, help us along with our challenges. So um, it could be something specific to high-functioning depression, or I guess just depression in general. I'm sure that that would be useful. So Samira, why don't, why don't you start? Yeah, so for me, uh, coping tools that have really helped, uh, one, I was journaling. So journaling is something that I've always liked writing, but just writing my thoughts out when I'm feeling upset Mm -hmm. helps it just get it down on paper and out of my mind. Um, Another tool I use is reading. Uh, Mm -hmm. I've realized that when I am having just a really bad day and you know, I'm just not feeling okay. Reading is something that just like takes that pressure off. And as same with painting. So mm. doing, finding hobbies that really work for me is something that I've been, that has helped through COVID from the beginning to the end. I think I've switched up my hobbies like 10 times yeah. already because yeah. one thing doesn't work for me all the time. But I think finding that as well has also helped me get to know myself at a deeper level Mm. where I can be more self-reflective and understand myself. And uh, yeah, and uh, another two coping tools that are really, really helpful, I think, is one is just eating healthy. So I just notice my mood when I'm not eating healthy and I'm just kind of Um, and that goes along with my other tool which is cooking so Uh, okay there you go (laughs) so I love cooking and I'm mostly maybe not the healthiest but interesting recipes and it also helps me feel like you know I'm not taking out food I'm you know treating my body uh, properly and Mm. with care so those are some really uh, helpful tools that kind of uh has eased the whole uh situation for me right yeah for sure um and that that makes a lot of sense because I definitely feel that too that uh there's a pretty close overlap between physical health and mental health right so uh, for me definitely when you when I eat better I feel better right um which goes along with exercise so for me exercise is a big part of it and to be honest, lately, it, it's just meant going out for a walk at the end of the day with my dog to kind of unwind, especially because 
um, I find myself, uh, and I think a lot of us can relate to this because we're working from home, just sitting down for most of the day and slouching over at my laptop, doing work, and I'm not getting out as much. So it's almost like I feel this need to do something, right? So just going out for a walk, I find really helpful for me. Um, like I said, talking to, to someone about whatever I'm, I'm feeling, right, is always great. Um, could be a trusted family member, could be a mental health professional, which uh, I definitely recommend. And um, writing down my my thoughts is 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 a big one for for me too because like I said once you sit with the feeling or the thought and you can name it and you can see it then you can start to understand it and deal with it and move forward right so that's that's super super important too uh, create any type of creative expression is always helpful like you mentioned I know you you do a lot of that stuff um, and just really I guess the bottom line with any coping tool um, for me or for you and for anyone listening a good coping tool will be something that energizes you that brings your energy up so like I know you and I Samira gave a lot of examples but Really, that's that's pretty much what what it is, right? It's something that that you use when you're feeling low. That'll help you feel better, and that can move you along, right? Just kind of help you in the moment. It, it might it's not going to solve all, all all the problems in the world, right? But uh, it'll help you for that day, for that minute, whatever you need. Yeah. yeah, those were some really amazing ones. And I feel like you've listed out so many that people can take away. Uh, and as you mentioned, like it's something that is so unique to the person. So you just have to kind of figure out uh, what works best for you. And for COVID specifically, I want to um, say one more coping yeah, tool, sure. which, uh, which really, I think right now, it's just taken us, like COVID has taken us out of our usual routines. Right. And I found that things that may have brought you that energy that you knew brought you that energy, they might have changed and it's not possible anymore. Yeah. So it, it's definitely one is discovering what that is for you now challenging yourself to discover that and the second thing is routines so mm, if you are a person yes. that is just not sure what to do with this time make a routine it could be literally filled with three things you yeah. know wake up in the morning have breakfast and you know do something yeah. but just start and try it out because I can at least for myself, it has helped so much just writing out what I want to do, setting my goals for the day, and then, you know, also allowing myself to slack on some of them. Yes, yes. Going through with That's that. Super important. And the thing is, everyone listening with these routines, you have to do it whether you want to or not, because there will be days um that you will not want to do anything and stay in bed. But by doing that, it's definitely not going to help, right? So whether you want to or not, whether that means um, enlisting your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, your, your grandparents to drag your butt out of bed, <laughs> right? <laughs> to make sure that you follow through on, 
so definitely that's a really great tip <laughs> i love that so i, think, I love that as well I, I think we're almost done here but to sum it up i want to um say something i saw on an instagram post about high functioning depression that i think is a pretty good summary of what we're of what we talked about and maybe something for you all listening to think about going forward so they this um account did did a post and it's in a chart format the first column is what people see the second column is what might be actually happening specifically for high functioning depression so i'm just going to go ahead and read read this out so what what people see jokes and smiles what might be happening difficulty accepting and expressing painful emotions what people see caring for others what might be happening feeling undeserving of the same love themselves what people see high achieving and go-getters, what might be happening, imposter syndrome, feeling undeserving, what people see, constantly busy, what might be happening, struggling to be alone with thoughts, what people see, unshakable in tough times, what might be happening, which, which we mentioned, numb and apathetic to the outcome. What people see, working long hours, what might be happening, distraction from their own pain. Wow, those are amazing. And I got some goosebumps just listening to it because uh, they're just so relatable. And it really does sum up everything that we've talked about today. And I think it's like just a great way right now to close this off and yeah. end today's uh, episode. And thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Speak Real podcast. And thank you, Michael, for joining today and discussing high-functioning depression with me. Of course, anytime. It was, it was a great conversation. I think people are going to get a lot of value from it. Mm -hmm. And I just want to give another special shout out to the TD Bank Group for helping support our online programming and all of you for tuning in right now. And if you would like to help support our Youth by Youth initiatives, you can go to youthspeak.ca where you can donate. So we'll see you next time. Bye. Um, bye, everyone.